Hey, brother, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly Men podcast where we rank every story from N.A. to Z. And I'm Adam. And I'll tell you what, Adam, I am Zach Jenkins, the, the, the bad boy. I'm the bad boy of X-Men <laughs> podcast. Are you ready to rumble, Zach? Because we got some royal fighting to do the evening. Yes, you you sound like Patchy the Pirate from the opening of SpongeBob SquarePants right there. With, are you ready, kids? <laughs> well, are you? I was going to say, everyone, welcome to Battle of the Atom. We're in our Attitude Era, if you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, it's not our Pirate Era, um, but Botitude continues. And, still uh, not calling it that. I'm still I not am. doing that. That's I understand. Okay. And what is this? This is episode 302, Brother we got a spell before we're <laughs> dropping this bit. No, the attitude era continues for quite a long time. We got a couple How months I, of attitude. We've been, we've been clear on this podcast that I don't actually watch wrestling and neither do you, right? Well, I mean, I'm clearly trying to do a wrestling voice and sound like a pirate. So how well do you think I'm doing here? There 400% has been a pirate wrestler. I know there is an anxious millennial cowboy wrestler. <laughs> yeah. There is a wrestler with a bad neck tattoo. Um, there is, uh, the ones is w- something that I've understand. Logan Paul is a wrestler, I guess. Apparently. I don't WrestleMania level. Apparently. Wow. Look, Snoop Dogg also was at WrestleMania level in a match. I did watch did a body slam skinny yeah, Snoop because Vince McMahon's terrible son. Here's the thing about Vince McMahon, a, uh, awful person. A, Abraham Josie Reisman uh, just put out a great biography about Vince McMahon. If you want to want to learn anything about the attitudes that he particularly had in his eras, but his son also is a putz and a wrestler. And my understanding is that Snoop Dogg saved the show from the fact that uh, Vince's son had a had a shoot injury. Yes. That, moments after walking in, which I hope him a speedy recovery because no one should have to deal with knee, knee stuff. But from, you know, tragedy plus time. <laughs> uh, well, um, we do have some real wrestling uh, that takes place. In, this is not a wrestling theme episode. Um, but not even a little some... bit. We we struggled the last time we did one of those. Yeah. But there, we're there just doing our some... attitude era. There are some real fights in this one, uh, in this episode. And uh, who do we have to thank for this? Um, we didn't even say what the theme was. This is a rogue themed episode, Zach. Oh, man. I should do a southern accent, except for the last time I did a deep southern accent. And listen, I don't I don't shout out to the haters on this podcast that frequently, even though I am the bad boy of X-Men podcasting. I will say that my southern accent in one episode did get me the longest letter I've ever received in my time as a semi-public figure. I don't think you did the accent. I think I did the accent. No, Adam, I can tell you it was explicitly me, and it was explicitly about how I wasn't really from Kentucky, so I wasn't really allowed to do that 
accent yeah. because well hey we're adults and i just want to be i do want to be clear my birth certificate the legal document the legal document that i have <laughs> does say ky on it and i have to put it on a lot of forms i just write in ky on everything zach listen i i i spread it on i don't use vaseline that's for sure <laughs> Uh, who do we have to thank for this rogue? It's Robert. Episode? It's Robert. 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 The best. Robert. Thank you so much, Robert. If you want to be like Robert, patreon.com slash comicsxf has everything you need. And by everything you need, I mean a form to put in your credit card information. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll do an episode. It's five US dollars. Mm-hmm. Do you know how can... much five US dollars is? You know, in the in the greater global economy, not very much. And the, um, in the greater, okay, in the if we're okay, taking a macro okay. scale, yes, yes. In, in American inflation economy, not that much. How's that? I mean, you could buy some meals for people across the globe, okay. like spread so your charitable dollars appropriately. Well, when you're saying an American inflation economy, I want to unpack that for a second because, in general. It has not been an American inflation that's been hitting. It has been general global inflation that's been hitting, conflated by issues such as the unjust invasion of Ukraine by Russia, which has screwed up the energy markets as we are coming off of a global pandemic that had huge issues on both shipping and actually an increase in demand in general, which shot up prices. Uh, and the U.S. in aggregate has managed inflation better than most countries. Oh, sure. But, you know, not exactly that great on those living wages for people either. So I'm not saying the U.S. is a great and perfect shining city on a hill. I'm just saying that if you look at the inflation rate numbers, the U.S. has managed better than others has. Do, we, do you think our listeners want Zach's economics opinions? Honestly, I don't. So, and I love you. I don't buddy, either. I just want to talk about Rogue. <laughs> I part of me thinks that we cut out that entire section and we add it no, as a we no. add it as a teaser Zach, at the end. This is the attitude boatitude era. We do what we want. And I'm going to be like that wrestler that gave powerpoints. That's going to be me right now. That's right. Show those. I'm wrestler who gave powerpoints. I'll say that. We're talking about Rogue. Uh, and specifically, we're talking about the times when Rogue had a lot of attitude, Sugar. Yeah, early uh, Rogue. This is Rogue before she joined the X-Men, which if you, like, let's be honest, like every X-Men reader, only read X-Men, you only know of, like, one story and one Avengers story that you know is her first appearance, which is infamous. And we're not talking about that because, let's be honest, everything's been said about that comic that needs to be said, and I, I, I didn't want to add it. I didn't want to put it on the list. Yeah, so this all these stories are post Avengers Annual number ten, and we're going to start with Uncanny X Men number one hundred and fifty eight. Uh, Chris Claremont, Dave Cochran, Bob Wyacek, Joe Rosen, and Glennis Wine on those colors, and uh, this is in the Octopusheim era. I always, I think people, it's not that people don't remember that Dave Cochran came back to the X Men because of course they remember that Dave Cochran came back to the X Men. But there's definitely a beat during the Cockrum era where Claremont's saying, "Okay, now what?" Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have I don't have Burn mm -hmm. anymore, who's influencing things. So I'm unfiltered Claremont. 
I've got I've got the world, you know, world in my hand. What do I do with this? And he does something. He's like, okay, Dave, you love the Star Jammers. Let's do some Star Jammers stuff. Let's go where you get the Star Jammers stuff. You get the lead up into things like uh, the Brood Saga, the Brood Saga. Right. But yeah, it does so- feel like for these like 20 ish issues where it's mostly Cockrum with some fill ins. That maybe Claremont doesn't fully know what he wants to do next. I think that's okay because this uh, issue in particular feels very akin to some of the writing he does on other Marvel books. Um, Yes. We're really seeing a variety of vignettes. And I think if you were to actually pin down who the protagonist of this particular issue is, it's not the X-Men. It's actually Captain Marvel. It's the, it's the X-Men's best friend, Carol Danvers. Yeah, Carol Danvers is hanging out on Octopusheim, uh, beating the crap out of some of the Star Jammers. It takes like four of them to pin her down, because apparently, despite not having her power, she still actually does still have some power. So the her and a group of the X-Men go to the Pentagon, and um, there, while they are undercover, they accidentally bump into who else? It's Rogue. It's Rogue. They have not met Rogue but one time. Mm-hmm. In fact, Rogue has only appeared in one other issue in Avengers Annual number 10. So there's not, like, a lot of Rogue yet. And in this, she's kind of just a kind of just a bad guy. Yeah, Rogue is dressed in a green blouse, uh, green scarf, and a wonderful ankle-length uh, green checkered uh, skirt. And um, she's just wreaking mayhem man she's kissing people punching people she's taking all all three of uh captain marvel uh storm wolverine doesn't matter she's kicking the crap out of everybody she's winning and love that for her yeah she's sassy she's sassy and the reason the x-men are at the pentagon is because senator robert kelly who is described in this comic as like hey uh senator kelly you're like socially very progressive why do you hate mutants (laughs) because they're outlaws and they're causing millions of dollars of property damage so i think it's what claremont's getting at here is actually something that you see in the real world where you have let's say very progressive quote-unquote feminists who are not so progressive in the ways that they handle other things like trans rights uh, you saw sure. that you saw that with civil rights people who you know all for that, but would not stand up for gay rights. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a common thing of, you know, where do you draw the line of that's enough for me? And it happens, and it's interesting that Claremont's playing with that. Uh, yeah, I don't think it really goes anywhere in here. I mean, and I think in Claremont's conception, like in his mind, Kelly is at heart a guy who can be redeemed, which is why Claremont sets him up as a hero by the time he kills him off at dream's end. Mm-hmm. But like Kelly's still like a bad guy who oh, does yeah. make sentinels. Absolutely. But the X-Men are not the only one at the Pentagon with their own agenda. Um, oh, yeah, they want to, they want to do something about Senator Kelly. They like erase some, erase some tapes. Yes. But uh rogue is not the only villain here. Um, Raven Darkholm is also in the building and uh, mystique is here. Yes. Um, you just said mystique's name twice. I did, but it is interesting that this episode um, sets 
Raven Darkholm up as her alter ego in the Pentagon. So it's, it is her uh, real name, but she's actually also using it as an alias. It's weird. It is weird, uh, though. I would say that, you know, that was, you know, we, you remember we talked about uh, the Ms. Marvel stuff, the dropped Chris Claremont Ms. Marvel plot. Uh, yes. uh, oh, like a year. Yeah, it's all coming from that stuff. Mm-hmm. So Claremont was moving with this and then didn't do anything yeah. with it. That's OK. But, you know, it has That's some interesting. I mean, listen, listen. Chris Claremont, improviser, sometimes. Always. Sometimes Jim Shooter says, actually, you have to kill your main character and you have five pages. <laughs> and then it's the greatest comic. So, right. listen, guy's pretty decent on his feet. But, you know, Mystique's there, Rogue's there. They're trying to do some Brotherhood of Mutants stuff. The X-Men try and stop them. Carol Danvers saves the day and says, actually, you know what? Screw these guys. I am a hero, actually. I don't need powers uh, no, to um, be but... the best. And I, I like that Claremont affirms that, like, because he does this with Storm, too, later. She can be a hero without powers. Like, what makes Carol Danvers Carol Danvers is not that she got blasted by the psychomagnetron machine. <laughs> right. It's that she's a real, real tough fighter pilot lady. Which is yeah. Claremont's favorite thing. But but in the end of this particular issue, Carol Danvers walks in and erases her own records from the Pentagon. So don't worry, um, the Pentagon will get those back at some yes, point. I am sure. So uh that's pretty much what happens here. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, but it's you know, it's a fist fight in the Pentagon for for the good two thirds of the issue. And uh Cochrane's doing a, a nice job. It's just a fun little romp with the X-Men. It's This is a fun story. It's not like, it's not even the best stuff around here more than anything else. Like, yeah, the very next issue is Dracula. Like that's already better than this. And the issue before, the issue before that is like the brood, uh, the initial brood stuff with the star jammers. That's a lot of fun. Like it's hard. Listen, these are, these are tough comps. Do you think is Rogue interesting in this? If you didn't know that she becomes Rogue, the X-Men's friend Rogue is going to be more fun in the other two stories that we're going to talk about today here. It's very much still we're, we're building a villain and uh, there's, there's not much to her. Yeah. She's so. just, she's just another villain yep. and that's fine. I mean, yep. her name is Rogue. Hold on. Her name is just like, look at this Rogue right here. <laughs> like this is, her name's Vill. Her name's Bad Guy. Yeah. Yep. So she's Bad um, Guy. That's all she is here, and that's that's fine. There yeah. is. Do you know what I do like about this issue? Oh, uh, what's that? The scene where Cyclops shows up. In oh yeah. This is Havoc, and he's like, "Hey, Havoc, you remember that really big trauma we had where we had to jump out of an airplane, <laughs> and I got a head injury, and you got sent off to some parents in Hawaii, and." You know, we lost our parents. Well, hey, guess what? Dad's alive. <laughs> hey, dad's back. I don't know how to explain. Dad, dad was in space uh, hooking up with a skunk. Like, mom is still very dead. Gotta be clear. Dad's back and he has a new girlfriend. She's a skunk. Yeah. The uh, the caption on the next page reads, reactions are many and varied. Not all of them pleasant. <laughs> That's great. You know what? Honestly, I... <laughs> I feel like if they were going to do 
that X-Men Legends book anymore, which they're not. I would kind of had liked Claremont to do that scene. Mm. Like, what are those varied and somewhat unpleasant reactions? Because I feel like he can get, he can, like, he can hit that when he wants. You remember that uh, that uh, Uncanny X-Men, the exterminated cable story? Yeah. That they did when Corsair was like, hey, Cyclops, I was kind of a crappy dad sometimes. That's on me. But you you really like your son. Corsair was only a crappy dad because he was very mad and stuck in outer space. Like, I mean, yeah, I, think, I, I would be angry, too. It's not a good by, sitch. I think he pretty much just assumed that his kids were dead. You or know? by year five, it's like, man, it's going to be really traumatic for these kids. If I come back, how do I explain aliens to them? <laughs> and then it was too late. And he's like, well, this is a freebie. That's my son yeah. in space with me. Yep. I love Corsair. I love him oh, so boy. much. We should rank this one uh, on our big old and list, Zach. We do rank things. That's the thing about this big old list that we're doing. Because, Adam, I don't know if you know this. In fact, no, I know you know this. I don't know if our listeners know this. Do you know we're on the road again? I know. To 800. Wow. We are on the road to 800. Because, folks, we have 780 X-Men stories on our list ring from best to worst. Number one being the House of X, the Powers of 10. Number 100 being Wolverine. 48 to 50, the Shiva scenario. Number 200 being all new Wolverine Enemy of the State 2. Number 300 being Generations Phoenix and Jean Grey with that good, good RB Silva art. I was thinking about RB, RB Silva right now being wasted on that Captain America book. And it's not that like I don't want to see RB Silva drawing Captain America because he's doing his darndest. I just am baffled that there's a Captain America crossover that's all about nostalgia for the Rick Remender Marvel Now series. Yeah. Just bring RB back to the X-Men, please. No, I I mean have R no actually no. Have RB have a very successful creator own book. That's what I want for RB Silva. I would love to see RB Silva X-Men. I would love RB Silva to have equity. Yes. Get that man the money. Uh number four hundred is X-Men Evolutions one through six. Number five hundred is the G Nation plus Rogue and Iceman stuff that's listen that part of X-Men gets confusing and what is a story and what isn't. Number 600 is Excalibur Volume 2. Number 700 is X-Patrol. And number 780 is 2099, The World of Tomorrow. The worst X-Men story that has ever been written. Easily. So down at 205, we have the issue that comes immediately after this, which is uh, the issue where Dracula... The Dracula one? Yeah, that Dracula one where uh, Dracula turns storm into a vampire and that that is better than this for sure it's yeah i mean that's better uh at 331 we have i magneto which is uncanny x-men 148 to 150 that's better than this i would agree i think that that is better as well um working my way down this is by no better than truth or death this is better than new mutants truth or death at two or at 364 Okay, so uh, better or worse than at 350, Uncanny X-Men 300, Zach. Listen, Amazing Spider-Man aside, I like some John Romita Jr. art. Okay, all right. So by the way, by the way, we're going to get into this. You really want to get into this? We're not going to get, no, we're not getting into it. But (laughs) best, best character in the world, Paul, did show up on the Marvel Wikia page as I was just looking at the credits for Uncanny X-Men uh, 158 for some reason on Tuesday, uh, the day or not Tuesday, Wednesday, the day that uh, 
Amazing Spider-Man 26 came out. Uh, for some reason, Paul, Paul. parenthesis, Mary Jane Watson's boyfriend, close parenthesis, <laughs> parenthesis, Earth 616, parenthesis, is the most popular page of the Marvel Wiki right now. That's I don't know why. That's because everyone no loves one, Paul. No one loves Paul. Everyone is reading Amazing Spider-Man 26 and has no idea what is going on. So they're going love, to the Wiki listen, to figure that out. Listen, I love Paul because Paul makes Spider-Man fans unhappy. Mm. All I'm saying is that I think it's very funny that the Marvel Wiki calls him Paul, parenthesis, Mary Jane Watson's boyfriend. I mean, it's just, he's only got the one name, right? So No, he has a, he has a, he has a okay. last name now. Okay. As of Amazing Spider-Man 26. And it's, it's dumb, but it's whatever. We're not getting into it. That's like the third most dumb thing about that comic. All right. Better or worse than X-Men Volume 2, 31 to 32, Soul Possessions. Better than Soul Possessions. Better than Soul Possessions. Uh, better than the Necrotia arc of New Mutants Volume 3. Speaking of Zeb Wells, I don't mm. like that arc that much. You know that. What do you think? I think this is better than that. I think this is better than that, too. I don't think Zeb will be upset about that. that. No, but I don't think this is as good as Uncanny 204, What Happened to Nightcrawler. It's not better than What Happened to Nightcrawler, even by a little bit. Uh, but between that, those two stories is... Uh, Uncanny X Men, two eighty seven to two ninety. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what that is, don't you, Adam? I don't remember what is that. That is, buddy. That's Bishop's Crossing. Yeah, uh, is it Bush? No, is it Bishop's Crossing? Buddy, that's Bishop's Crossing. I'm putting that on here because wait, Bishop's... is it Bishop's Crossing? No, I wait. Feel like, not... No, I feel like it's the stuff after it's that. The, it's the stuff right after Bishop's Crossing. I'm yeah. sorry. It is the death of Malcolm and Randall. I always forget that there's an arc between Malcolm and Randall show up and Malcolm and Randall die. It's like the final Portacio run, which I think this is, is super messy. Ah, it is. It is. It's this is so better messy. than that. This, this is, is better than that. 353. Let's make it 353. Great. Wilf, this is not about you. We historically think you are great is he a friend of the pod i feel like he's a friend of the pod wills has been on the show as a new york comic-con uh guest so yes wills is a friend of the show i what here's the thing that episode was like four years ago and i forgot if it was wills or sylvester <laughs> what and listen no, i haven't had listen. the honor yet i all tried no all I know is that on some other X-Men podcast, which shall not be named, I mm. did get to hear Jonathan Hickman agree that uh, Mark Silvestri is very hot. Very uh, hot? So, oh, yeah. Like as an individual or as an artist or just as a human? All. Interesting. Okay. I mean, listen, for a guy in his 60s, Silvestri, I can respect it. I can respect game recognized game. Look, great artist. And if you like height, he's your guy. He's a very tall man. Very tall man. All right. So we have gone to uh, Rogue's second appearance, but Rogue does appear elsewhere in the Marvel Universe aside from On that just, same day. Uh, aside from just in X-Men. Really? This came out the same day? Yes, Adam. I I tell you the truth. Rom See, now, Space Knight. The, Rom, the greatest of the Space Knights. We, we got to talk about us predicting the future. Us... Making a joke about Rom Space Knight and how Hasbro just needs to buckle up and let Marvel reprint Rom Space Knight. That episode coming out the day that the DVD comes out said, by the way, we're reprinting Rom Space Knight, guys. Yeah. We, we figured out, and we're doing Micronauts, too. And I'm like, great, I do only want to read one of those. 
Yeah, I don't want to read the Micronauts, but uh, I we like are Bug. I like Bug because he yeah, was in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's it. Yeah, but I mean, it, I know you're not an omnibus collector, but I knew do know don't. that if you were going to only buy one omnibus, it would be the Romnibus. Listen, the Romnibus is something that I I'm sitting here like, man, when when in stock trades gets the Romnibus going at like a 66 percent discount, I'm grabbing a Romnibus for myself. What I love about the Romnibus is that it only has like the first third of Rom. So that means there's at least going to be three Rom to buy. But there's going to be there's going to be triples of the Rom to buy. (laughs) That's what's safe. That's what's best. That's what's safe. Triples are safe. Okay. Um, so we are going to ROM Space Knight numbers. 31 and 32. 31 and 32. 31 comes out the same day as that uncanny issue. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We have a familiar foe here to listeners of the show who have heard us talk about ROM before. Who is the villain of this story, Zach? It's hybrid. It's a, it's a dire wraith half kid he's evil he lives in west virginia it's a whole thing yeah he got exploded the last time mm-hmm. that he was there thanks to kitty pride on accident so you would expect not to see hybrid again he back he was floating around on the wind and that this is isn't like, even the last time hybrid's gonna be in an x-men related book he's an x-man at some point it's crazy it's crazy so <sighs> he makes his um his return with some uh this dork named uh, the Torpedo. I know nothing about the Torpedo. I don't know. He's got a funky costume. Is the Torpedo a ROM exclusive? Car- no, he's from Daredevil. <laughs> he does. T- he has a he has a Daredevil villain costume. He really does. He's, he's from Marv Wolfman Daredevil. Love it. Could he just not use Bullet? <laughs> Is that what I happened? Don't know. Marv, what are you doing? So ROM accidentally stumbles into an unfortunate situation because um the local popo <laughs> yes are trying to transport the imprisoned members of the brotherhood of evil mutants including blob pyro and destiny they have this really cool vehicle that's made by tony stark that if it stops abruptly can actually like turn into a little spaceship and fly away but it does look on this snowy night that the truck is going to run over a chain gang prisoner. Rom stops the truck and the prisoners convince Rom that they are slaves. Uh, here's the thing. A cab ally, Rom, the space Knight, the greatest of the space Knights. He dumb. had me. <laughs> he had me going for a bit. He had me thinking, oh, dang, is Bill Mantlo actually like. About to get into how the prison industrial complex is <laughs> akin to modern slavery in the uh, in the United States. Nope. And the answer is no. He's not getting into that. And Rom is very annoyed when he's like, "Actually, wait. You guys are being treated exactly like slaves, but you're just prisoners." Oh man, I'm a fool. I got tricked. <laughs> it was I goof. thought for a second Bill Mantlo was about to like really change my perception of him as a creator. Absolutely not. So uh, Sam is also drawing this, by the way. Yes, the fun begins once the uh, oh Avalanche is also in prison, but Avalanche appeared in the Hulk and got his arms messed up. Um, so they're in um, two broken arms. Two broken arms. Um, waiting for them are the warden and the uh, the prison what prison shrink i guess who turn out to be mystique and rogue great great 
sneaking around by Mystique and Rogue, honestly. Really great. Uh, also great is that <laughs> after they escape and encounter Hybrid, who just happens to be there, um, oh, excuse me, and encounter Rom, the Brotherhood suddenly becomes a sisterhood. Yeah, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, uh, Destiny, Mystique, Rogue, Blob, Avalanche, Pyro. They realize that, wait, okay, who rules here? Well, let's see. We got Destiny. Great. Mystique. Great. Rogue. Great. Do, do we need these dudes around? <laughs> what are they What are they doing? And listen, again, can't <laughs> emphasize enough. Gentlemen with framed photo or, or framed drawing of Blob, Freddie Dukes, by Josh Kassara in his in his uh, tiki bar uh, get up. Fan of the Blob. I understand in 1982 why Rogue and Mystique and Destiny would say we're the good ones, right? Like we're the cool characters. Yeah, it's it's totally understandable. Rom kicked the crap out of the other three guys. So what are they going to do? They're going to stand around? No, they're going to fly off and find an abandoned mansion to hide out in. And who's waiting for them? But the disgusting hybrid. It's a whole thing. They then double cross everybody. They form an alliance with Hybrid and an alliance with Rob, and they split this around, and they don't know what's going on. And then eventually, Destiny, Mystique, and Rogue are like, actually, wait, Hybrid wants to use us as brood mares. We don't want to do that. This is the very unfortunate part of bringing Hybrid back, is that the very same premise of the <laughs> Hybrid wanting to, like, mate with impregnate the world mutants to yeah to create a new race it, it's still here so bill mantlow would do that plot more than three times it's uh, too many bill yeah mystique somehow reads hybrid's mind and finds this out it's a weird scene i i'm not getting into why because i don't fully understand again not read all of from space night oh, i've I almost know. read every appearance of hybrid I'm pretty sure I know why. I think it's just because they have to tell Hybrid's backstory and need a convenient way to do it. So maybe uh, Hybrid's using his telepathy that he has. Uh, sure, sure. I maybe don't know. he's just bad at it. I'm noticing in this book, like a lot of people are bad at their jobs. If Rom's the greatest of the Space Knights, which is true, then he is kind of dumb also because he does a <laughs> lot of dumb stuff in this, like trusting everybody. But there is a cool part where Rogue like touches him and assuming because he looks like Rom the Space Knight, which if you don't know what Rom the Space Knight looks like, imagine an action figure robot from the early 80s. And that's it. Yeah, it's exactly that. He's a walking, talking toaster. Rogue touches him, assuming that's his armor. And oops, wouldn't you know it? It's a skin now. He's a dude. And uh, they kind of fall in love a little bit. Like the thing about this, <laughs> which in Rogue's publication history, kind of makes sense. Rogue realizes that maybe being evil isn't her only option because of Rom the Space Knight. Yes. The whole and reason I love that. that Rogue ends up on the X-Men is because she kisses Rom the Space Knight. It's amazing. Love everything about that. Yes. Rom, greatest of the Space Knights for that alone. Yeah. So Rogue uh, does end up... Uh, touching hybrid after destiny or excuse me, after mystique uh, distracts hybrid and Rom is able to basically disintegrate hybrid, I guess again, sure. 
it sticks just as well this time is my understanding. <laughs> uh, but if you are a fan of the brotherhood or the sisterhood, this is kind of an important uh, two issue arc because it has ramifications for rogue. It has ramifications for, uh, for these characters and, and where they will appear next and, and going forward. So I do honestly think that people should read this story because it is a fun time. I enjoy it a lot. Like it's good. Now rogue does not immediately then become good. She just has a bit of goodness inside her. Like maybe, maybe, maybe my mom's, maybe they were lying to me a little bit when they said everyone was evil. Maybe not everyone's evil. She's having, uh, you know, a little crisis of faith here, but um, continues to villain for. Uh, oh, she is going to continue to villain because there is one person in particular that she hates and yes. has to get her villainy out of her system before she can turn into Rogue, our friend. So before we talk about that, we are going to rank this particular arc. And I think this was better than that issue of Uncanny we just talked about. It is better than that issue of Uncanny we just talked about. How does it compare to the other issue we have of Rom the Space? Oh, well, it's uh, better than that because we have that issue in the 400s. I think this is better than the first uh, hybrid arc by far. You know, it is. This one makes less of a deal of the whole like broodmare thing. And um, that one is very much obsessed with like Kitty's going to be the new, you know, mother of the master race. And it's like, ah, I don't like reading this. This is creepy. But the next the next time hybrid appears is with the new mutants. And I'm terrified of that. Uh, one. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm still going to read it, but it's like uh, Bill, Bill Mantlo. Do I want to do I really want to read that? So I think we're in the same kind of general area, though. Like, I don't think this is better than long shot at 326. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not better than Bizarre Adventures 27 at 335. I would agree. Um, I don't know if it's I would mm, I would put this ahead of X-Force negative one at 338. Would you? I yeah. like X-Force. That's got that Adam Polina art. No, it's I got, know. This it's is more got fun, Mary I don't think it's as good. I, I know. All right. So I know you like X-Force negative one. Let's, let's, let's you go know, down. That bit. is, you're going into my sweet spot of the JFM, Adam Polina, X-Force. But something this, that I know is flawed, but I love. I would say, I think this is more interesting than the John Byrne Savage Land arc below that at 339. Adam, you're going to a place where I cannot follow you. Oh, okay. Well, where do you want to go? You are making wild, wild statements here. And I'm saying that as a man who often makes wild statements. All right. Well, we know it's above 353. So where do you Do you think this is better or worse than Marvel Team Up 100 with Karma and the Storm and Black Panther stuff? Yes. Okay. I think that's a fair statement. I think this is better than all new X-Factor 3 and 4 Stolen Island. I mean, yeah. I'll say that. Um, I would... The Cyspurrier X-Force, the last arc of that Omega, I think is more interesting than this. Okay. All right. So it's going to be our new 343? I mean, it's better than... It's it's better than Lovelorn. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, we had 353 before. Now we have 343 for these two issues. And as Zach alluded to before, Rogue is not done tormenting a specific someone. And uh, that is Dazzler. 
Rogue hates Dazzler. Um, that's just a thing. That's the next place she goes after Ron the Space Knight. And we've read we've read and ranked those issues of Dazzler. That's in like 22. Is that stuff with the fire guy? Yep. Do you remember? What was I his do. name? Forgettable. Uh, Bl- Blaze? Was it Blaze? It was something really yeah. dumb. It was really dumb, even for fire-based code names, which are consistently the worst. Name <laughs> one fire good fire-based code name that's good. It's the human torch. Name two. Pyro. Even that. Come on, Pyro's great. No, we just like Pyro. That name's pretty That's awesome. a great name. He's a Pyro. He's a good fire control. I don't know. I like yeah, it. The, I mean, because you got like fire from DC. You got Firestorm, which fire is bad. Star. Fire Star, which is bad. Uh, Fire Fist over at Marvel, which is bad. That's real bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Inferno from the from the uh, Inhumans. Do you remember him? No. That was a guy named Dante. Okay, great. Was it good? Man, these ancient mood gods. They got interesting literary taste. Oh, <laughs> uh, there was Match. No, he was one of the. He was one of the new. You know, the oh, new he was a humans. new. Okay, Terrigen a new bomb. human. Yeah, when when Black Bolt yelled at Thanos and blew Just up a bomb, him. and then then we got Ms. Marvel as a uh, Inhuman, and now that's all caused don't worry. chaos. She'll be back. She'll be a mutant. Just waiting. It's happening. I'm. Listen, this is my hard and fast rule. I will get into Paul all day long. I'm not touching the Kamala Khan stuff right now. <laughs> not after what they did to my girl. All right, there's, so there's too much. There's too much here. We're, we're going to keep all of our thoughts on Paul. So this is Dazzler 27 and 28, uh, both with really amazing Bill Sienkiewicz covers. Freaking Bill in this. Hey, do you remember You remember the Bill Sienkiewicz covers of Dazzler? Do you remember around the time of uh, Dark Phoenix, the movie was coming out? Mm-hmm. I remember seeing an actual record sleeve of the record on d- the cover of dazzler 29 oh yeah. sounds of light and fury yep i have no idea if that was actually a real thing that was like a thing you could find or not and i want to own it so bad i think that might have been like a limited edition promo but there was no actual like recording inside which um you know anyway so at this point dazzler has um gone on the run with her newly discovered sister. And oh, Lois London? Lois believes that she has killed a man with her uh, superpowers. And Which are, to to be fair, her superpowers are to kill a guy. It does seem that way, yes. Her superpowers are, if I touch you, you die. <laughs> so uh, this first issue begins with a nice, like, two or three, uh, at least two, two issue a flashback of like at least the last year of Dazzler, which is great. And then we get this amazing sequence, which turns out to be a dream, but you don't know it at the time where Dazzler is wearing a black curly wig and taps on the shoulder of the woman in front of her to say, excuse me, do you have the time to which the woman in front of her wearing a green hood says, I sure do honey. And the time is up and it turns out to be rogue. They fight. Uh, Dazzler ends up getting like her face melted into like some weird glob. It's really messed up. It's a wild thing that artist and writer on this issue, Frank Springer is doing. 
yeah, the bus flies over a cliff. I mean, it's messed up. So um, anyway, Dazzler wakes up screaming. They're still on the run, but they also realize uh, based on a note that they receive with some incriminating photos that they are being watched. Yeah, um, she is being watched. And do you know who she's being watched by? Uh, a guy that would love for these two ladies to go kill somebody. Um, who is that somebody, Zach? Adam, honestly, I forgot about that part. <laughs> Adam, this it's, is this is just all on me. I, I read it over Memorial Day weekend, and I also did 12 plus hours of yard work on that Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. So I'm very tired and don't remember. I Adam, there's a good and these don't count because they were yard beers. There's a good 20 beers between <laughs> when I read these issues and talking to you now. And I haven't drank for two days. No judgment. We did take a week off and we uh, we did relax in style. But no, I um, only read them a couple. Of, I read them like three or four days ago. Adam. I just did a lot of yard work and had a rack of PBR in my fridge. But Yard they've basically been hired to kill their own father. Um, That's right. So Angel does come to quote unquote the rescue immediately gets shot. It's pretty great. <laughs> Warren Worthington. What an idiot. Dazzler thinks he's so hot. <laughs> Honestly, you know what? They ain't doing anything right now. Have Dazzler and Warren hook back up. That's a I'd like to see that. That'd be fun. I like that quite a bit. They would be the worst couple to like be around though. And that's saying something knowing all of both Dazzler and uh, Angel's appearances. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a weird story in that the guy who hired them was like the detective, the father hired to find them. And then I don't, I don't know. There's some like weird blackmail situation here. Anyway, but Frank Springer's not, the story's not super, well written or coherent like the entire last issue was a dream sequence and then this one is a different plot yeah Uh, that rogue is also in and they fight her in the sisterhood (laughs) so um that's the weird thing about this one is that they also do this fight so 28 is rogue really getting aggravated she hates dazzler she's punching stuff in like the home gym we learned that it's not angel who comes to the rescue it's actually uh dazzler's friend ken and his ronald mcdonald hair freaking ken you know what where's ken right now is ken on krakoa i don't know but dude's a champ he comes no nope, dazzler with- 28 this is the last appearance of ken oh really we never it see is. Ken after this masterful moment of heroics. I don't know. I kind of hope that Ken is like Paul's lawyer during uh, Mary Jane and Paul's whatever proceedings. That <laughs> That'd be great. Because you know there's some litigation. Bring back Ken, honestly. So as all of this sorts to get, uh, get sorted out, uh, Dazzler, her sister, Ken, and their father are driving back to the father's mansion and rogue attacks. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what happens. This you does not it. go well for rogue. Like, remember how we were just talking about that issue of uncanny where rogue just kicks the crap out of Wolverine storm Nightcrawler, uh, Carol Danvers here. Dazzler easily defeats her with the use of a classic car. It's pretty yeah, awesome. She hit, this is not making a great case for rogue being like, a good superhero with the X-Men, uh, which is unfortunate because this is coming out after this is coming out after like the stuff with Dazzler or not Dazzler, excuse me, the stuff with Rogue going to Japan. 
Yeah. And like proving herself. Yeah. It, it's coming out at that same time. And I'm sitting there like, okay, Frank, we, we're done with that part of Rogue, though. You missed the boat. <laughs> it's okay. I think we could look at this like chronologically as happening before that. Oh, sure, um, sure, 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 sure. Yes, but Dazzler sure, yeah. does kick the crap out of Rogue. There's this great sequence where she turns on a private jet. Um, and emerges from the cockpit like this supernova of light and just like blasts rogue um so she's just dragging her unconscious body back into this classic car at the end of the story it's a lot of fun i like it uh but i don't love it like i think of all the ones we talked about this episode this one is the worst he's the thing if there is there a dazzler omnibus oh that's a great omnibus perhaps i because i would not buy know. that because most of solo dazzler is not for me. You know what? I had the opposite reaction though. Um, did I, you really? I, I agree that this is the, the least of the stories. However, I did find myself really enjoying getting back into the soap opera drama of what was going on in this book. I was like, Oh, Ken's back. Oh, you know, like, listen, listen, <laughs> we all love Ken. Yeah. It's just like, this is not, we read the sisterhood arc of Dazzler at four fifty three right now. Mm -hmm. uh, that this is a direct sequel to that one's way better. I enjoyed that so much more. Yeah. That's you said, Oh, that's down. Yeah. That's a four. I enjoyed Dazzler doing her prison fights more. I enjoyed Dazzler Herald of Galactus more. I would agree. So where are we looking on the list then? Um, well, Herald of Galactus is at, uh, a noble five thirty three, and this is oh, worse yeah. than that. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, I, I feel bad putting it down here, but the, it, it, cause it's fun, but it, it's also just like kind of light. I do think it's Same. better than the couple of, wow. Is it better than the couple of issues leading into Muir Island of uncanny? No, the Muir Island X-Men that's a mess, but I kind of, yeah, you're right. Thing. This isn't as good as Firestar at five forty three. No. And that's a, that's a very fair comparison. Uh, I don't think this is as good as ghost box. Uh, from Astonishing X-Men at 547. But probably on the same level as Marvel Team Up 69 and 70, where Spider-Man teams up with Havoc and Thor. Yep, I would agree. And I think this is better than Wolverine and Jubilee at 551. Is this better or worse than X-23 Dachan Collision? Uh, no, I think that's probably better than this. 549 it is. Woo, fantastic. And folks, that was our show this week. If you liked it, I'm really happy that you did. That's yeah. all. It's listen, guys, we've said it before. I would say it again. You are allowed to listen into the recorded conversations that me and Adam have now, but this, the podcast is for us now. <laughs> there were 300 episodes that were for you. The next chunk, they're for us now. We're just, we're just having fun. Lucy goosey attitude era, fun nicknames. Doing long extended bits that will only pay off in what is this? This is 302, 14 episodes. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, listen, watch. We've got several more Attitude Era episodes. It's true. While while we are doing the show for ourselves, we do hope you continue to listen. And if you did like this episode, head over to patreon.com slash comics XF and support Robert. Thank you for uh, guiding us. Everybody to loves Robert. Early rogue stories. And um, Robert always gives. Listen, and I understand that Robert gets to give more suggestions than others because he is a Patreon emeritus. 
mm. Uh, mm. in that has been one of our top people for literally too long. Like, we love it, Robert, but I get it. Always makes good choices. What Robert always does, and people won't know this unless they extensively look at a list of who requested what because they've been keeping the same dang spreadsheet going for several years is that robert says almost exclusively hey what's some weird early x-men stuff you haven't covered yet somehow (laughs) and then he'll say something and then i'll be like what about this stupid idea off of that that's only semi-related he's like yeah that's funny i like it let's go love it love it robert never tell me if i'm wrong here i want to keep living in this fantasy I Again, attitude eras for me. It's a solid fantasy. Um, folks can always follow me on Instagram at Adam.rec or Twitter at Arthur Stacy. Zach, what do we have planned next week? We have a, a, a an interesting one next week, huh? And a you guest. said interesting. We have a guest. I'm very excited uh, for this one. Our friend Emily Harding just released a book, Emma of 83rd Street. I read it in under 24 hours. It's a delightful rom-com adaptation of... Jane Austen's Emma. I have tried to get my very traditional Jane Austen reading aunt to get into it. And I think I did sell her a copy. Oh, nice. That's uh, great. And I'm hoping to keep that going because once I hit a certain level, I start getting some of that commish, baby. That's what I think. I think <laughs> no, Emily I and think I so. haven't agreed on that. No, that's not happening. <laughs> anyway, Emily, who listeners of this podcast or longtime comics XF readers may know as the person who uh, compared all the Taylor Swift songs to different X-Men from folklore, which is delightful. I am not in my era's era, so I couldn't tell you what any of that stuff meant, but I found it very funny to read. Anyway, she's going to be on, and instead of Emma of 83rd Street, we're going to talk about Emma Frost of 83rd Street. Nice. I'm really excited for this one. It'll be a fun read. Anyway, uh, Go buy, go buy Emma of 83rd Street. We're going to say that more next week, but do it now. Here's what you guys do. Do it now. Read the book. Get caught up. Then you'll be on the same level of understanding Jane Austen references as I am, which are Mr. Darcy's a guy. <laughs> Mr. Darcy's a guy. <laughs> Not in that book. <laughs> no, but that's really He's in funny. Pride and Prejudice. I know Mr. Darcy because my sister... Used to watch the BBC oh, miniseries. Yep. And I just remember like, oh, Mr. Darcy. There and you I go. was like, I don't, I'm 12. I'm not paying attention to whatever God. this is. Amazing. Anyway, delightful. Uh, can't wait. Guys, this has been delightful too. And it's been Valley Out, and we hope you survived the experience. <laughs>